welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Checking one, two, three, check, check. Checking one, two, I don't know how many times I've done that in my life. Checking one, two, three. Checking one, two, three. Anybody there? Anybody there? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I think sometimes God is saying that to us. Can you hear me now? It's not that He's not speaking, it's are you in a position to receive what He's speaking? Hello, checking one, two, three. Are you there? Checking. Checking, are you there? Well, I'm listening today. Are you guys going to listen today? Not that what I have to say. <laughs> if we all came for what I have to say, we should just go leave right now because it's not, it's not a whole lot. When you're talking in comparison to, uh, I almost just tripped, that would have been wonderful. Um, when it comes in comparison to a person, to a God who has no beginning and has no end, my knowledge is feeble compared to his knowledge. So let's get what he has today. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to Hebrews 4, 16. I've been preaching on a subject almost every time I've been up. Last time we didn't go this route. But what have I been preaching on when I've been up here? Somebody? Favor. Man, you guys are good listeners. That I'm only up here every month or two. And you guys remember, that's good. Um, did you know it's been a year since I started it? I started it in January. Can you believe that? That's weird. Does anybody remember what the first message is, was? Probably not. I was going to give somebody some like five bucks or something. You can't look it up either. It was called Favor in Disguise. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah. I was talking about how favor comes disguised as a lot of different things that we might not, that might not look on the surface as favor, Right? I couldn't believe it's been a year. I'm like, wow, time's going by fast. So Hebrews 4.16 out of the New King James, this is what um, our foundation scripture has been on. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Um, That word can also be translated favor. So come boldly to the throne of favor that we obtain mercy and find grace and help in our time of need. So how should we come to the throne of grace? For what? For help, for mercy. Does anybody need help? Does anybody need mercy? <laughs> Does anybody have it all figured out? Ah, some of you are like, oh, oh, not yet, not yet. So we need help, amen, today. So we're going to get help. So how many of you believing to start this year off with strong favor in your life? Amen. So about 75% of you, oh, that's great. Um, how many of you are believing to start the year off with great favor? Yeah. Amen? Me, 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 me. But you see, it's not just enough to know about the favor of God. We need to ask ourselves, how much capacity do we have for his favor in our lives? How much room do we have for it? Oh, that's a good question. He wants to pour, you know, there's an unlimited supply and reservoir of favor, but we have to be open to it. And how are we open to it? Well, like how I was saying at the beginning, check, 
Checking one, two, three, you have to be able to hear his voice. And I think we have a bad case of busynitis. I just came up with that word right now. So Webster, if you use that word, it's mine. What does that mean? We're constantly busy, right? We're constantly going to and fro, back and forth. One, one moment we're here doing this, the next moment we're here doing this, and have we really taken time to stop and say, Lord, what do you have for me? Because his commands are enablings, as pastor has said, and his commands produce favor in our lives. Why? Because his favor is his power. His favor is his anointing on your life. But we have to be open and receptive to what he has to say. Amen? So it's very important, particularly at the beginning of the year, to really stop, slow down, and ask ourselves, Lord, what do you, or ask him, Lord, what do you have for me this year? What do you have for me? Not what do I want. What do you want for me? Because guess what? You, you might have a good intention of doing that, but if you never do it, you probably will never do it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I've had good intentions of things, but they've never panned out. Why? Because I've never taken time to do them. And we need to take time, particularly at the beginning of the year, to seek God. What do you have for me? Do I have room for this favor? Do I have room to receive what you have for me? Amen? You know, as I was preaching this last year, I really thought it was in preparation for this year. I don't know if I ever said that, but I really believe 2022 is going to be a year of immense favor in our lives. I can't say that for everybody else or every other church or whatever, but I really believe for Faith Heights, it's going to be a year of unprecedented favor. I'm tired of using that word in the negative. How about in the positive? Unprecedented favor. Are you going to expect that with me? Are you going to believe for that with me? Amen. All right, so let's go boldly to the throne of grace and let's obtain some help for these last few moments that we got. Last few. I haven't even started my message yet. So the next few moments that we got. So let's just pray. Father God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace, your favor on our lives. And Lord, just help us to receive instruction, correction, guidance, whatever it is you have for us. You know exactly the words that need to come forth. I pray you help me to speak them boldly as I ought. Help us to be receptive and not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 13 out of the New King James. Matthew 3. When you're there, say there. Okay, we got some quick people. For those of you who don't know where the book of Matthew is, it's the first book in the New Testament, and is by a guy named Matthew. All right, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. So Jesus is about ready to start his ministry. And John tried to prevent him. Interesting. Have you ever tried to prevent God from doing what he wants to do in your life? (laughs) John tried to prevent him. He's trying to prevent Jesus from the first step of what he's supposed to do in his ministry. Think about that for a second. Why? Well, he's about to say, 
He says, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me? No, 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 you have this backwards, God. You're supposed to be doing this to me. I'm not supposed to be doing it to you. 15, but Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And John finally is like, all right, man. Then he allowed him. Well, I just find that interesting that John tried to prevent that from happening. A good thing, something that God wanted to do. How many times do we get in our own way from what God wants to do in our lives? How many times do we try to prevent? We're not actively trying to do it, right? Like to come against God. But sometimes we can have a sense of unworthiness that will keep God from doing what he can do in our lives because we're preventing it. John didn't feel worthy to be able to baptize Jesus, but he was. He was supposed to. That's why condemnation is so bad. The devil's going to keep throwing condemnation every moment of every day, right? But when you allow it to get inside of you, then you are unwillingly not allowing God to work in your life because you don't feel like you're worthy enough. Does that make sense? I have a newsflash for you. You are worthy enough. You are just as worthy, righteous as Jesus himself. I don't want to prevent God from doing what he wants to do in my life because of my sense of unworthiness. I have to battle that every time I get up here. (laughs) I don't feel worthy to come up here and preach something that... Now, I actively try to live out what I'm preaching, right? Because I don't want to become a castaway like Paul says. But I'm not perfect. And it can be a sense, that sense of unworthiness can come up quite often. But I have to remind myself, I'm worthy because of what he did, not because of what I'm doing. Amen? I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. I'm not that person. You're not that person. Amen? All right, let's keep going in verse 16. It says, when he had been baptized. So a fun little side note here. It says um, in uh, certain Latin manuscripts, an external evidence dating back to the early scholar named Jerome. So he was a very um, widely known early church scholar. He, and he indicated that the Hebrew Matthew included the sentence in his in his gospel, a great light flashed from the water so that all who gathered were afraid. So when John put Jesus down, a great light, a great, like movie style stuff, like, and everybody's like, did you see that? I don't know, I thought that was kind of cool because if I would have been there, I'd have been like, I probably would have peed myself a little bit and been like, whoa, what just happened there? You're welcome. You're welcome for that valuable information. But you know why it happened? Because John let it happen. He stopped preventing it from happening. If he would have prevented it, that never would have happened. So let's continue reading. Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And next page. And alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom 
I am well pleased. So have you ever been watching a movie? A lot of us, I'm sure everybody has watched a movie. You ever watched a movie where there's like this epic fight scene or, or something is happening and like the main character is like becoming like weaker and doesn't know if, if what they're about to do is going to work. Um, usually that's the end of most movies, right? You know, like main character is like not powerful enough or whatever. Ah. But then sometimes in some movies, something happens that gives the main character the extra oomph, the strength needed to fulfill the mission. Anybody ever seen a movie like that? It was kind of funny as I was thinking of this analogy, I'm like, I know I've seen a movie like that, but I can't think of a movie where I've seen that before. Um, but I, I thought of one last night, and it's in Avengers Endgame. So if you guys have never seen that movie, I don't want, I don't want to spoil it, but you almost had three years to see it, so I kind of feel like it's your fault by now if you haven't seen it yet. So, um, so I'm going to kind of spoil it, so Sorry. Um, but at the end of that particular movie, Doctor Strange, and, and every, they're all in this battle. All the Avengers are in this big battle against Thanos. And, and at the very end, Doctor Strange looks at Tony Stark. And Tony Stark looks at him. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, those who've seen the movie? Yeah, most people. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And he's like this, because he's like doing something. And he's like, and he gives him the nod. Now, it's sad for Tony because he knows what the nod means, right? The nod means that he has to take on the stones, snap his fingers, and die. But how many know the nod is what he needed to do it? It was the nod, the validation that he needed to take the stones, snap his fingers, and win the war. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the nod of favor. The nod of favor. The nod of favor. I have been sent to tell you that in 2022, God is giving you the nod of favor. Woo! The nod of favor. The nod. So I want to, the whole premise of today's message is to tell you three things that the nod does for you. You guys paying attention? Three things. Number one. And this is probably the most important one. The nod provides you with divine approval from God. Think about that for a second. Let's go back to verse 16 and 17. It said, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending, to, descending upon him like a dove, alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We focus a lot on what happened, right? The Holy Spirit descending on upon him, and that's where he got his power and all that, and that's great, that's wonderful. The Holy, Spirit's, the Holy Spirit descending upon him gave him power, but it was the Father's words that endowed him with unwavering confidence. The words are just important as what actually happened. I'm not saying it's wrong to focus on the Holy Spirit descending upon him. That's the main point of the, the scripture. But I want to focus on, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That part. That was God the Father giving the nod of approval on Jesus. 
It was the father giving Jesus the nod. Think about that. There's no one up greater than the father. And he was saying, I trust you. You are approved by me. You please me. Now go do this. Take care of business. And let's win this people back to us. That's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. And I'm sure whenever things got really tough, think about how many um, things popped up against Jesus. There's a lot of things. He dealt with a lot of crazy people that were demon-possessed, dealt with the disciples who were always fighting. Who's the greatest? Ah! <laughs> and who, uh, who knows what else they, they fought about. And then I think the toughest challenge was probably in the garden, right? The garden of Gethsemane. That's where Jesus faced his toughest challenge, I think. I think even more than the cross or what he was about to go through. I think it was that moment when he's sweating great drops of blood that he was in his biggest battle of his life. And I'm sure whenever things got tough like that, he was remembering the nod. He was remembering what God the Father said over him. Because as long as God the Father was in his corner, there was nothing that anybody could do to him that would deter him from his mission. Why? Because he had the creator, his father, giving his blessing on him. That's what he needed. It wasn't just the power of the Holy Spirit. He needed approval from his father that this is what was supposed to happen. Amen? So, I want to tell you that God is doing the same thing for you. He's giving you the nod. What does that mean? You have his divine approval for whatever it is you're called to do. Whew! Think about that. Think about that. You have the God of the universe, the creator of all life, saying, I approve of you. Whew! I approve of you. Stop looking to what other people say about you. No, 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 no. Stop trying to get the validation of others to approve what God has already approved of you. Too many times we look to other people to validate what we're doing. Why? <laughs> Doesn't matter who they are. They didn't call you to do that. They didn't empower you to do that. They don't grace you to do that. They don't put favor on your life to do that. Sometimes there's going to come situations in your life where everybody's going to be against you. Not like, and even like family, like they'll probably just disagree. I'm not saying they're going to like come at you with like acts and stuff. And, but there's going to be a time where nobody's going to agree with what you feel like God's called you to do. What are you going to do about that? Huh? You're going to stand. And when you've done all to stand, stand. Yeah. Why? Because as long as you have God's approval on your life, forget what everybody else thinks. Amen? Everybody left Jesus in the garden. That was probably a really good time to probably cut out too. Be like, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. 
This is not what I want to do. This is terrible. All my friends deserted me. He had nobody in the garden. But I'm sure he remembered what the father said over him. No, this is my beloved son who makes me so pleased. And God is saying the same thing over you. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. In you, I am well pleased. Amen? Do you believe that this morning? Good. You need to believe it on Tuesday. (laughs) You need to believe it on Thursday. You need to believe it when you don't think you're doing a good job parenting. You need to believe it when you just messed up royally on the job. (laughs) You need to believe it when you said something that you shouldn't have said to somebody and hurt their feelings. You are approved by God. Now, you need to go get those other things right. I'm not advocating that you just do whatever you want (laughs) and get away with it. No, 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 no. That doesn't define who you are. He defines who you are. And I'm looking at a bunch of people who are approved by God. Say, I'm approved approved by God. God. Say it again. Say, I'm approved approved by God. God. Oh, one more time because you just love saying that. Say, I'm approved approved by God. So that's number one. The nod provides you with the divine approval from God. Let's, why don't we just go to the next verse? Because that's the end of chapter three. So chapter four, Matthew 4, 1, it says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit <laughs> into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Wow, he just got this big moment, lightning flashed in the water, angels were singing, ah! and uh, then the spirit tells him, hey, you know, that, that was great and all that. Now you need to go into the wilderness. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> and I'm not going to, what? Eat for 40 days and 40 nights? But what about Chick-fil-A? <laughs> what? Now let's read it in conjunction with Luke twenty-two thirty-one. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. it says, um, so this is Jesus talking to Peter. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strength, strengthen your brethren. So this is going to lead us into number two. This is not a fun one. <laughs> the nod will provide you with an opportunity to withstand the sifting. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, this, the first one was fun. Woo! Divine approval. Yeah, I'm approved by God. Number two, the nod will provide you with an opportunity to withstand the sifting. Oh. Oh. And some of you are like, I don't even know what that word means, but it doesn't sound good. So I'm going to tell you what sifting is, all right? So sifting is the process of separating the wheat from the chaff, the usable parts from the unusable parts of the grain. So how is this usually done? Well, in Jesus's day, in Bible days, the most common um, method of sifting was you put all the grain on the floor and then you had oxen or cows or is that what oxen are? I don't even know. Is that the same thing? Okay, thanks. Really big animals walk around on it all day. 
That was the sifting process. And that was what Jesus said to Peter. What did he say? He said, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Sift you. So how can you tell if you've been sifted or maybe are being sifted right now? You just feel like you've been walked on, stepped on, run over repeatedly, over and over. Has anybody ever felt like that? (laughs) Is that you, Jesus? (laughs) I I think that was my uh, moment, you know, of getting baptized, you know. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. All right. See, even heaven's saying amen. Come on now. Um, So back to what I was saying. Has anybody ever felt like that? You've just been walked on, treaded on. But that's what the sifting is. It's being stepped on, walked on, beat up, tossed around. Why? And what's it doing? It's separating the good stuff from the bad stuff. Now, in Peter's case, it was negative because Satan was trying to sift him from Jesus. He was trying to separate him from his purpose. So sifting can be good or it can be bad. It can either be attack of the enemy or it can be an opportunity for you to be um, chiseled. Amen? So, like Pastor was saying earlier, God can make all things work together for good for those who, what? Love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, I'm looking at a bunch of people who love God and who are called, so therefore I think the sifting is going to actually chisel us and it's not going to separate us. Amen? See, Satan's always going to try to use the sifting to separate you from Jesus, to separate you from God. And you know what really it is? It's to separate you and your belief of the character of God. He's always going to try to taint the character of God. Oh, he, won't, he did that for you last time, but he's not going to do it this time. Liar. Why? He's always going to try to tempt you to disregard, to to disdain, to, to eventually get to his point, hating the character of God. And he'll twist it. So it's important that we be sober and we be vigilant, the Bible says, because Satan walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But he's not going to devour me and he's not going to devour you. Amen. Amen? I purpose that. So, you see... And I think a a big area, too, that the enemy will try to sift you with is your faith. He's going to try to separate your faith from you. He's going to try to fill you with unbelief and take away your belief. Why? Because without faith, you can't receive God's grace anymore. Without faith, we can't really do a whole lot of things in the kingdom of God. That's why he's going to try to taint God's character, to get you to doubt God's true motives behind things, right? God is love. God is love. Say, God is love. love. So without faith, you can't receive his favor anymore. Uh Uh-oh, that's not a spot where I want to be in. You? No, 
No, no, no, no, no, no, no. I don't want to be, I don't want to be there. You know, Jesus was sifted in the wilderness. Peter was sifted when he betrayed Jesus. <laughs> you know, Peter was about 90%. Actually, Peter did, Peter was sifted, right? But he came back. And that, that, I think that's so cool. I really like that scripture because Jesus prophesied him coming back. He didn't leave him out there. He helped strengthen Peter to get back to himself. So Peter was sifted when he betrayed Jesus. What about some other characters in the Bible? Moses was sifted when he did what? Well, he kind of killed somebody. He killed an Egyptian. He was trying to do it out of good intentions, which don't kill somebody thinking it's good because it's not good. So he was trying to fulfill his purpose 40 years before he was supposed to. Right? So he killed the Egyptian. He got exiled. 40 years later, he came back. So he was sifted. What about, uh, oh, Joseph? Joseph. I'd say there was some sifting going on there. I mean, his brothers threw him in a hole, left him, and sold him to slavery. Ouch. That's some family drama I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> And we could really, we could go through every character in the Bible and we would see at one point or another, they got sifted. What about David? Yeah. I mean, he was running from King Saul. He had no place to live, living in caves to finally getting the throne. But he was sifted. Paul I mean, all the things Paul endured, goodness gracious, I have no reason to complain about life. <laughs> just, just read Paul, everything Paul went through, and you'll, you'll feel really good about yourself. But I mean, he was beaten multiple times. He was stoned to death multiple times. He was shipwrecked. I think the Bible says he was like in the ocean for like a night. Yeah, in a day. That's not good. That's very bad. So he was sifted. Why? Because the enemy was afraid of him. And the enemy is afraid of you. I think sometimes we need to, so when the sifting comes and maybe you're like, I'm in it right now. Great. That's why point one came first. You already approved by God and you will get through it. But that just means you have greatness on the other side of whatever you're going through. Satan is scared of you. Yes. Yes. Satan is scared of you. Say, Satan is scared of me. So what he has to do? He has to throw in fear. He has to throw in all these things to try to sift you from your, your faith in Jesus. Well, it's not going to happen to us, right? It's not going to happen to us. So maybe you're in the middle of the sifting. Maybe you have been sifted. You probably will get sifted more. Sorry, that's probably not what everybody wants to hear. <laughs> but you have the nod of favor. You have the nod. You are approved by the Most High God. You are approved. 
So when things get tough on Wednesday this week or Thursday, or maybe things will be great for a couple weeks, whenever it does get tough, remember I am approved by God. I have been called to do this. Amen? But like I said at the very beginning, it's going to take time. Time what? Time set aside so that way you can fellowship with him. Amen? All right. Breaking news alert. Just in case you guys are getting down. The devil cannot close a door. God is open for you. (laughs) Woo! Oh, I got to say that again. The devil cannot close a door that God has opened for you. He cannot. He can't do it. He may act like he can. He may, it may be perceived that he can. But guess what? If God opened the door, there's nothing he can do about it. You know who, you know who the only person who can close the door is? Us. Us. I'm going to try not to do that. Actually, that's poor choice of wording. I'm not going to do that. How about you guys? Because he can't do it. He can't do it. And it doesn't matter how big he portrays himself. It doesn't matter what he tries to throw at you. He can't, did he close the door on Jesus? Nope. But he's like, he's the son of God. Okay. Did he close the door on Joseph? He tried. Did he close the door on David? No. No. Did he close the door? Did I say Paul already? No. He didn't. Out of all the things they went through, did each of them fulfill their purpose? Yeah. And you will too. Amen? See, we, we get so caught up in what we're feeling and how our emotions are and the thoughts of right now that we lose sight of the end goal. That's where we can get in trouble. No, 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 no. We need to focus on who God says we are and what he says we will do. Amen? He's called you guys to do great things. Each and every one of us is called for great things. Now, I said that and I feel like some of y'all don't believe that. You need to stop replaying that in your mind. You have been called for great things. Well, I don't know what it is. Doesn't matter. You've been called for great things. Well, I've messed up too bad. No, you've been called to do great things. See, Peter was restored. Judas wasn't. They did the same thing. They both betrayed Jesus. One of them made it and one of them didn't. I purpose to be like Peter. I purpose that no matter what happens, I'm going to come back to what God said I'm going to do. Amen? All right, we'll go to the last point here. Luke 12, 48. You guys enjoying this today? You getting something from it? Good, good. I want to build you up. So that way the next time sifting comes, you're ready for it. The next time something challenging happens, you can say, nah, 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 Mr. Devil. See, I'm approved by the Most High God. There's nothing you can do to deter me from my destiny. All right, so I'm going to read this Luke 12:48 out of the voice translation. 
It says, but if a servant doesn't know what his master expects and behaves badly, then he will receive a lighter punishment. Well, that's, that's good. It says, this is, but I want, this is the next part I want to read and get to. If you are given much, much will be required of you. If much is entrusted to you, much will be expected of you. I'm going to read that again. If you are given much, much will be required of you. That's why you should really think about before you pray, oh Lord, give me $500 million in a Fortune 500 company. Oh, okay. With, if you are given much, much will be required. If much is entrusted to you, much will be expected of you. So number three, the nod provides great power. And with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Spider-Man. I'm using Marvel references today. I remember the first time I heard that. And I watched, it was, you know, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man long, long time ago. 20 years ago? Oh, Lord, help me. But I'm sitting in there in that theater and I'm, you know, I'm just a boy and I remember hearing that with great power comes great responsibility. It's so true. And the, if we yield to the lie of, you know, getting all this great power and there won't be responsibility, that's where we get in trouble. Guess what? We're carriers of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, God lives on the inside of you. So therefore, his favor, his power, his grace is on the inside of you. Whew. Are we being good stewards of that? I don't, I can't answer that for you. Are we being good stewards of the favor that we've already been given? I think sometimes we want more and more and more and more. Are we doing good with what we've already been given? Do we really want more power, you know, or do, or do we forget that with great power, what? Comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. We've been given a great treasure, a great power on the inside of us. Are we using it well? Or are we just going through the motions? Are we letting life, the enemy, people trample us? Or are we utilizing the power that we already have? Deep stuff today, huh? <laughs> Aren't you glad you don't have to be perfect to use the power? <laughs> Aren't you glad you don't have to be perfect to get the favor? You already have it. Use it. Use it. You know, God didn't have to choose you. God didn't have to choose you to fulfill that calling. God didn't have to choose you to raise those kids. God didn't have to choose you to be around those people, those coworkers, but he did it anyway. You know, you know when I feel inadequate sometimes, you know, raising my kids, he didn't have to choose me to raise those kids. 
Sometimes, especially at this age, they can feel like, oh my gosh, they're a lot of work. Life was so much easier before poopy blowouts are happening all over the place and gross, I know. But it's true. But guess what? I am honored to do it. I am honored to be up here. I am honored to raise my kids. I am honored to be a good husband, as one of them's making noise in the back. Preach it, Daddy! <laughs> you know, the, you know um, getting married, having kids, you know, at one point you were praying for that. Maybe, maybe you still are praying for it, believing for it. You know, on the, uh, what people don't tell you is on the other side, or maybe they do try to tell you. <laughs> on the other side of it, the very thing you were praying for is like, oh, it comes with all that too? I didn't think about all that. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole package. But guess what? You're approved by God to do it. That business you were believing for, and it finally happened, you know, you're 10 years in, it's like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be this hard, or da 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 da. But you were believing, you, the, it was an answered prayer, wasn't it? Well, that's why I'm asking are you being good stewards of what you've been given? Are we utilizing our gifts to fulfill our calling? Everybody has a gift, you all have gifts. Are we using them? That's why it's so great to be able to. Um, join a helps team. And not just things in the church, but you know, you're, whatever you do outside these walls too. You are called to do it. You are empowered to do it. You are graced to do it. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen? Say, I am graced for that. I am called to that. And I will fulfill that. <laughs> Why? Because you are approved by God. You're going to withstand the sifting and you realize that with great power comes great responsibility. Amen? Amen? Why don't we stand up? I'm excited to hear about the things that will happen in your life in 2022. I'm expecting great things. Are you expecting great things? Are you expecting great things? Yes. Amen. Well, Father God, we just come before you and we thank you, Lord, for your favor on our lives. We thank you for your grace on our lives. And Lord, I just thank you right now that you are giving us the knot of favor in 2022. I thank you that you have given us your divine approval. Lord, I thank you for that promise that says you'll never leave us nor forsake us, Father God. When we might feel alone, we are not alone. Even Jesus wasn't alone in the garden, but you were there with him, Father God. And just like you were there with him, you are here with us. Today, tomorrow, this week, for the rest of our lives. I thank you, Lord, for helping us to realize that we are stewards of the grace of God, stewards of the favor of God. Help us, Father God, to better utilize what you've given us, the favor you've bestowed upon us, the power you've bestowed upon us. 
And I thank you, Lord, that we will look at every challenge as an opportunity to be more like you, Jesus. To walk in the level of love you walked in, to walk in the level of faith you walked in, to walk in the level of grace that you walked in. I thank you, Father God. Oh, I just worship you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, everybody's staying in an attitude of prayer. I, n- I don't want to close the service without giving every person, you know, whether they're in here or online, an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What does that mean? It means you will be empowered to live this life. Not just to live this life, but when you, you pass away, you move on, that your eternal home is heaven. If you can't say that you know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die, I want to give you this opportunity right now to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To say, God, I need you. I have sinned, I've messed up but I'm turning to you and I'm giving my life to you. So if that's you and you've never done that, I'd like you to raise your hand at this moment and say, God, I want you. I want you a part of my life. I want you as my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Same for you online. If you're watching online, just type in the chat, that's me. I want to do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So right now, I want you to repeat after me if you want Jesus to become the Lord of your life. Say, Father God, I come to you today and I declare I was a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, You are my Lord. You are my Savior. And I believe on the third day, God raised you from the dead. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Family got bigger. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 